0: So let's read from uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we'll read the first 10 verses. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. Similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Amen. And we do pray God will bless his word to us today. Our title for the, the sermon today is How to Endure Hard Times. How to endure hard times. And we're going to look at a, a few different points from these verses today that will just help focus our minds on the subject of enduring uh, difficult times. Okay? Now first of all, you'll, you'll see there in the first couple of verses that there's a, there's an instruction to young Timothy here to be a good teacher. To be a good teacher. That the Apostle Paul who's writing this letter to Timothy, some of you will remember a few weeks ago I did uh, preach a couple of messages in the, the first chapter of Timothy and we talked a bit about this relationship between the Apostle Paul who was planting churches in various places including the, the time where Timothy was brought up and Timothy's grandmother came to faith, his mother came to faith and then he came to faith, isn't that a lovely story? And we thought about that on Mother's Day. We were thinking about how this, this faith passed through the generations to this young man, Timothy. But of course, God used Paul as the person who just taught the message and, and was faithful to let people know about Jesus Christ. And it, it had great fruit. And none more so than in the life of Timothy. So Paul thinks very affectionately about uh, Timothy. He says, my son. He's, he's really saying, my child. Isn't that lovely? That there's this relationship. This relationship is the family of God. It's the way that we become brothers and sisters in Christ when we share faith in Jesus. It's a great expression. That's what the church is all about. So you see that Paul is writing to encourage Timothy in the previous chapter. He had challenged them, he'd encouraged them, then he'd challenged them to guard the faith that was entrusted to him, that now lived in him. And now he moves on. And he's got, some, he's got some things to say to Timothy that we also apply to our own uh, lives here today. He says, you, my son, be strong. What is he to be strong in? Does he say, be strong in yourself, Timothy? Just you be strong, son. No, he doesn't. He says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He says, Timothy, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. But what does it mean, what he's saying there? Well he says, that grace, well that word grace is a a favour that we don't deserve. It's something that, that comes from God, a goodness from God, that we just didn't deserve. You remember the old hymn? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. The only way we come to faith in Jesus is because of his grace, isn't it? Because he gives us something we don't deserve. He went to the cross. We didn't deserve it. But he paid the price for us. So there is a deep meaning here for us to understand. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now Timothy came to faith. Now he was to continue to be strong in his faith in Jesus. It's by grace he was saved. And it was by grace that he's going to be able to walk day by day. Because it's only through God's strength that we can endure hard times. Amen? Now he's saying there as well, he says, you've received the blessings, let's remember there as well, he's talked about how Timothy's received this great blessing through his family. He's now has this faith, he's been taught that faith by a good teacher in Paul. Paul has been a good teacher to Timothy. He's entrusted faith to Timothy. But it's not left there. What does he say? Paul says, teach others, Timothy. This is verse 2, entrust what you have learned from me to others who will also teach so you see there that the work of God is multiplying first of all it ran through Timothy's line it started with one man Paul who was sent by God to reach out and tell people in different towns all about Jesus then churches were formed people were saved Um, and Timothy's own family his grandmother, his mother, then him and now Paul's saying you go out, you need to tell other people about this you can't afford to just be sitting back and saying, that's great, amazing grace, I'm saved. And just sit back and enjoy it. Paul says, no, you can't just sit back and enjoy it. You must reach out to other people. You must do the same because there are others that need to hear this message. You need to entrust what you've heard me say, says Paul. Entrust that to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. So you see the church Is multiplying the work of God is multiplying there? Do you see that? There's new believers, there's leaders coming up, there's people teaching, being trained. That's the that's what's and that's what's happened in the church. This is the early church we're reading about here. Shortly after uh, Jesus' death and resurrection, the Church of Jesus Christ was formed and is now running. And it might be small, but it's growing fast, isn't it? Might be small at this point, but it's growing fast. Through people who are entrusting their faith to other people and their family and their friends, and others are coming to faith. That word entrust speaks about a handing on of something precious. We think about that with an inheritance, don't we, in life? We think about what we'll entrust to our children, our grandchildren. What are we leaving? What's the legacy we're leaving? But this inheritance is of the top importance that we're talking about here. This inheritance we're talking about is the truth of God. It's the truth of God. And what is the truth of God? It's the Word of God. The most precious thing you could ever entrust to someone else is God's Word. I mean, this is God's Word to us personally. The Word that saves us from our sins. The Word that when we apply it, gives us freedom and victory. Paul had entrusted this word to Timothy and Timothy was also to entrust the word of God to others and so on and over the years the church of Jesus Christ has seen this happen again and again where faithful people have taught the word of God and passed it to others who have done the same and it's only through biblical teaching that we can entrust God's word to other people it's no use me coming and saying to you I think God's uh, saying something to you if I can't base it in the word of God The best thing I can do for someone else is to take them through, like we're doing on Wednesday nights there. Going into the Word of God, learning what it says. What is God saying to us? What does it mean? Apply it to our lives. That's what we should be doing in the the church. And that's what Paul's telling Timothy to do. Timothy's a leader in the church. And Paul's saying this is of the utmost importance. You need to teach the Word of God to other people so that others can then do the same as what you're doing now. Biblical teaching is so important. If we are a Christian if we apply this t- to us today if we are a believer we have the same responsibility you might be saying to me well Graham I'm not going to stand up the front and teach <laughs> uh, but we're not all called to do that but we can all learn the scriptures what about uh, Timothy's grandmother did she stand on a, a platform and, and teach or did she share it in the home I would suggest to you the word of God doesn't really explain how it happened but I would suggest she shared it in the home she talked about her faith and they probably opened the scriptures together in the house. They would pray together. That is teaching the word of God to others and entrusting your faith to other people. So we've got a responsibility in our families to do that. We've got a responsibility in our community to do that. What are we doing in our community when people come alongside us? You know, One of the most precious things you can do for someone is give them a Bible. It needs to be the right moment, of course, doesn't it? When somebody really wants to have one, but when it's precious, that it, people come in sometimes to the coffees and have asked for a Bible. And we're able to share God's Word with them and then maybe, hopefully they'll come and ask questions. We can start <coughs> teaching. But we can all do that. Do you agree? Do you see that? How we're, the, the Scriptures is tell, teaching us that we should all be taking part in this sharing. But first of all, we need to get into the Word ourselves. So that we're then able to pass it on to other people. It can be very intimidating to share your faith with other people. It can be intimidating in your family, depending on how they view things. Maybe they're not Christians and you're, you're trying to speak to people that are uh, really against what you're, what you're thinking. But again, we still have to be honest with our faith. One of the best ways to share your faith is just to explain how it's affected you. You know, give your testimony. You know, we often... you ever heard of a testimony meeting or somebody giving their testimony? What are they doing? They're just saying, Well, I don't know about you but something has happened in my life that's totally changed my life and that thing is I became a Christian Amen we can all say that and you're not necessarily forcing on someone else what they, what they have to believe but you're sharing your faith with other people but it's real to you and it's amazing how God will use that so we've got a challenge first of all to be a good teacher and we've, secondly we've got a challenge to be like a good soldier now we're thinking today about how to endure hard times and it's clear we don't really know the circumstances that Timothy was in but it was it's fair to say there was a lot of uh, trouble around Timothy Uh, there would be fear of persecution uh, sometimes physical as well being thrown into prison and things like that And uh, quite severe opposition would be facing someone like Timothy anybody who was preaching the name of Jesus would have faced trouble in this time And you might say, well, I'm not really facing that kind of uh, thing at this point in time. But we all face difficult times, don't we? We all face persecution and difficulty and trouble at various times. Maybe it's a physical trouble. Something we're just struggling with physically and we we feel it's such a burden to us. Or maybe it's a financial difficulty and we're just overwhelming us. Maybe it's in our relationships. We're just having difficulty in, in a number of different circumstances and it's so on top of us. Now here's a challenge... These scriptures don't teach us to ask God to remove the hardships. These scriptures teach us to endure hardships. We're challenged to endure them. And an example we're given here is that of a good soldier. I'm just try and think in your mind the picture of a, a good soldier. It's a powerful image. A soldier has to endure really hard times. But a soldier is ha- also highly trained. What is a a soldier trained to do? Well, first of all, they're trained physically, but they're also trained to obey their master's instructions, to obey their commanding officer. That's one of the key aspects of being a soldier, isn't it? To have that discipline that when you you have to follow your orders and follow what your commanding officer would say, no matter what happens. Just looking a wee bit more at what it means to endure hardship, the meaning of that uh, word there could be take your share in suffering or take your part in in suffering. You have to go through suffering, you have to endure it. And every Christian should expect some bad treatment, whether it's from different aspects in the world or just difficulties in our life. We should expect that there will be some trouble. We're not promised that it will be easy, that everything will be okay. And verse 4 seems to warn us against getting distracted by other things if you read verse uh, 4 there no one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs he wants to please his commanding officer so a good soldier doesn't get distracted there's all sorts of things going on round about and I'm telling you if it was uh, probably me in the situation the first thing I'd be thinking when I endured hard time as a soldier would be I'm getting out of here and that would be your natural reaction when difficult times come isn't it It's a natural reaction I'm getting out of this I'm not focusing on what My commanding officer's gonna say I'm just gonna do what suits me. (laughs) And what suits me just now is I'm going into my corner and I'm gonna just back off from this because it's just too hard. But we're encouraged here not to get distracted, and that distraction could be anything. You know, God calls us to do things in life and we can get so distracted, can't we? So distracted by different things coming in. Sometimes they're perfectly legitimate things, but we get them out of balance and I know what that's like <laughs> and it's not an easy balance to have but we need to keep our, uh, our minds focused what does it say there? pleasing his commanding officer what can we take out of that? well pleasing a soldier pleasing the commanding officer is really related here to us how we treat God are we seeking to live our lives to please him or not? suppose there's two ways to live our lives isn't there we can please God or we can please ourselves so pleasing the commanding officer is a good example for us to follow because surely the goal of Christian discipleship is following Jesus it's to please the Lord and anything that distracts us from that goal is to be put to one side because it's not helpful to us we're not to be caught up in other things at the expense of pleasing our commanding officer So just a challenge for us all, including myself, to think about today. Is there anything in our life that's distracting us from focusing on the Lord and and from following his instructions in our lives? And maybe we're going through hard times and it's just we're needing to refocus on that. So we've seen the challenge there to be a good teacher, to be like a good soldier. And then thirdly, Paul tells Timothy to be like a disciplined athlete. I've got a picture there of Usain Bolt and of course we had the Olympic Games last year and some tremendous athletes were there weren't they? Absolutely tremendous and when you see somebody like Usain Bolt it looks like he's um, he's not even trying and he's winning the the 100 metre race but it might look easy (laughs) to be Usain Bolt and just relax and slow down at the 100 metre line because he's so far ahead but that's not easy to be an athlete like that. It requires incredible discipline to be a successful athlete. Just imagine the training that it would take, the day-to-day training, the discipline of what you eat and all the different things you have to do to be a successful athlete. But there's one thing pointed out as well in this passage about, um, if we read it there similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. Now just thinking again about the Olympic Games example, there's one thing really quite key in the Olympic Games. They're very big on you must follow the rules. Did you get that when you watched the Olympics? They're really, really big on you must obey the ethical rules as well in the Olympic Games. How you treat others is also in there at the Olympic Games. always has been. But also the rules of the particular event that you're in. And if you break any of these rules, you're disqualified from the race. So as well as the athlete needing to be disciplined in their training and then they're just sticking to the task at hand they also need to be disciplined and they need to be aware of the, what the rules are and they need to be disciplined to be obedient to those rules. So what is, what is Paul's challenge to Timothy here? Well he's saying to Timothy you need to be disciplined in your faith. You need to keep following Jesus. You need to keep your eye on the goal but you also need to live according to the word. Which is God's guidance for us, as we've been saying earlier on. We think about the rules or the guidance that we should follow. It's all in God's word. All his instructions are there for us. And there's a discipline in uh, not only reading the word, but applying it and actually following it in our lives. Again, just a challenge to us uh, today. Is there any areas of our own lives that lack discipline? That we could say, well, I really should be uh, reading more uh, of the, the scriptures. I should be focusing more on prayer there's some things I could be doing to just focus more on the Lord and it would be helpful to me in my life, and my, my faith. So we've had the challenge to be a good teacher, uh, to be like a good soldier and to be like a disciplined athlete and next Paul uses another example which is to be like a hard-working farmer. this is not something I can personally relate to I mean one of the things about these examples it's quite interesting in the the word of God isn't it you get pictures of different things you think I've never been a farmer or or an athlete (laughs) or any of these things but there's one thing for sure a farmer's work is hard work isn't it a farmer's work is definitely hard work you only need to turn on any of these pictures and documentaries about uh, looking at farmer's work they go through a lot of pain (laughs) and hardships in order to be successful think about the UK the weather that we've got at the moment come rain, hail probably more rain and more rain and sometimes shine for 1% of the year the farmer must keep going the farmer must stay focused and continue to work the ground i got a picture there of uh, a farmer at harvest time but the harvest doesn't just come like that does it? it doesn't just magically appear in those big uh, trailers there <laughs> there's day after day where a farmer has to get up early in the morning and come back late late at night and has to work the ground has to plant has to tend and has to uh, watch uh, monitor these crops grow well before any harvest comes a lot of uh, very difficult circumstances uh, that they would face as well going through that so if we apply that to what it means for us spiritually Well, working for God is often compared to the work of a farmer. There's other stories, aren't there, about the the sower planting a seed. And the seed is often uh, referred to as God's word being spread and, and shared and planted in people's lives. And the harvest is representative of people receiving that word. People coming to faith. People receiving it into their own lives and it's a harvest, isn't it? It's a harvest of people being saved and brought into God's kingdom. So, a challenge for, for us today in this are we working hard to share God's word? What are we doing to, to plant seeds, to, to put things out there uh, for God? It is hard work to do that, and we have to endure difficult times. It's not easy having to do every day. You know, you're serving God, you, you can serve God wherever He has pl- placed you. You know, in the workplace, um, you might be doing what we would call full time Christian ministry. You might work for a Christian charity or something like that, but we're all in full time ministry. We all have day to day encounters with people. And we're ultimately serving God, aren't we? But we have to press through the difficult times, <clears throat> just like the hard working farmer would do, and not give up. Because there's a reward at the end of it, and the reward is a harvest. This is the miracle of Christian service. Think about the farmer. The farmer works; is very hardworking. He plants the seeds. He's disciplined. He goes out every day, tends and cares for the for what is planted. But can the farmer make it grow? Can the farmer make those, those crops grow? I would suggest to you, it's only our Creator, God, that can make things grow, because there's a miracle in that—the way that seed turns around and grows. It's a scientist of a a miraculous God who's able to take things and bring life to them. Amen? Who brings life to it? It's only God that brings life. Even in the practical example of a farmer, it's only God that makes that grow. And this is what it's like in Christian service. We don't work in our own strength, we work through God's strength. And God takes what we plant, we go out and we work for Him, and we plant. And God works a miracle in it. (coughs) And God makes it grow. And this means a number of things. But one thing that it does mean is that others will come to faith in Jesus Christ if we do that. If we faithfully plant God's word in other people's lives. He'll make it grow. So we've had the challenge to be a good teacher, to be a good soldier, to be like a disciplined athlete. But now, and and also a hard-working farmer, but now, our final example, and it is the greatest example uh, we're given, is to be like Jesus. Let's just turn to those verses. We'll read those verses, verses 8 to 10. Paul says, Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I, en- I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation. That is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. So, there's been a number of pictures or examples given to us today to relate to and to think about how they might apply to us in enduring, how to endure hard times. But the best example of all is the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. And Paul knows this and he says, Remember Jesus Christ. Remember, Paul is suffering himself he's in prison at this point in time and he's facing death he's been treated horribly but Paul knows that his own personal suffering is part of the consequences of of sharing the message and that there's been good that's came out of it there's been growth that's came out of it he's writing a letter to my dear son Timothy who he knows has been fruitful for God so he's in prison but he's rejoicing still He's rejoicing still that God's words impacted people's lives. People have been saved and it's continuing to go on. That's why he says, I'm in chains, but God's word isn't chained. He may be locked up, but God's word was not locked up. is not locked up. And because he's passed it on to other people, the church is growing. People are coming to faith. Isn't that tremendous? It's such an encouragement to me. That's what keeps us going in Christian service, isn't it? Amen? Whatever it is that we we would go through, however difficult it would be, God's word will still move in the situation and affect other people. So how would we react in similar circumstances to Paul? Would we continue to preach the gospel? It's well documented that Paul preached the gospel in prison to his prison officers and to whoever would listen eh, to him there. Would we do the same? Would we endure hard times like this so that others could still be saved? Do we have the same passion as Paul to tell others about Jesus? You see Paul's passion to reach the unsaved people in verse 10. He said there, Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. You see Paul's focus there, is enduring the hard times. He's thinking it's worth it it's worth it because people are coming to faith and that's the most important thing in life is that they come to faith in Christ Jesus you see there that they come to salvation and he says there there's eternal glory he's thinking beyond this life he's thinking there's suffering just now for me in this life but this life isn't the only thing because Paul knew that when he died he would be with the Lord forever Amen. he knew it's it's a greater thing still to come and that the most precious thing he could do would be to take other people with him Paul is enduring hard times so that others can come to faith in Jesus so Paul here isn't pointing to himself as the greatest example he's pointing to Jesus in Hebrews twelve two, we read this let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy said before him endured the cross scorning its shame And sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men. So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus himself endured hard times. And he endured them because he knew of the joy that was coming before him. And do you know what that joy was that set before him amongst other things? It was you. Because he loves you and he loves me. And he saw us and he wanted to save us. And he endured that punishment so that we could be saved. And now Jesus is raised from the dead. He is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And there is great joy in heaven today. For the joy set before him. That's where he is now. now, In a joyous place. And he wants us to be with him. Jesus knows what it's like to face opposition from sinful people. If we are enduring hard times and we think nobody can relate to me, nobody understands. Well, Jesus does. Jesus knows what it's like to endure such hard times, even to death on a cross. He bore the weight of all of that for us. He suffered to pay the price for our sins. So what does this teach us today? Well, the scriptures are teaching us that Jesus endured that terrible hardship So that we don't grow weary. We might feel weary today. We might feel like we're losing heart. But this is an encouraging word for us today. Jesus died and rose again from the dead so that we don't grow weary, folks. So that we can trust in him and rejoice in him. No matter what it is that we face. Do we believe that today? Let's think about that for a minute. No matter what it is that we're going through. Or how difficult it is. The Lord wants to help us get through it and he knows what it's like to go through the most difficult of times but he rose victorious, amen he endured it and he rose victorious so do you know what that means we can be victorious too and we can go through these things with his help so we thought about how to endure hard times, we've seen the encouragement to be a good teacher and that does mean all of us in the circumstances God's placed us in to teach the word of God to others to be like a good soldier to stay focused on pleasing our commanding officer to know that that's the goal of our lives to please the Lord to be like a disciplined athlete again remembering that God has a word for us and we need to know it and we need to be disciplined to follow what he's saying in our lives it's for our own good that we have to do that and be like a hard working farmer he doesn't give up, but gets a reward at the end when he sees the harvest coming in. And ultimately, the call of us, of our lives, is to be more like Jesus. So let's just rewind a bit to the first verse that we read today. And I want to close with this point. In Second Timothy 2, verse 1, it says, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So just a couple of closing points for us today. We've been thinking today about how to endure hard times but the scriptures are clearly teaching us that in order to endure these hard times we need to be strong in Jesus Christ. So how can we be strong in Jesus Christ if we have never received him as our Lord and as our personal saviour? How can we be strong in Jesus if we haven't received him as our saviour? So just a challenge I'd leave with you today is have you given your life to Jesus? Because we can think all we like about the different examples being a good soldier and a good teacher and all of these things but before Timothy could be any of these things he had to receive Jesus as his personal Lord and Saviour. Then he entered into a relationship with him and God's Spirit was in him and he was able to move and, and follow God. So we first of all need to acknowledge our sins and ask God to forgive us that's what grace is all about asking him to forgive us, we don't deserve it but he wants to forgive us and it's freely available to us today if we'll just receive that gift so secondly maybe we've already trusted in Jesus as our Lord but we're feeling really weak at this point in time we're feeling weak and we're feeling unable to get through the circumstances that we're facing we're just finding it so hard well I believe this word is, is for you And God would say this to you today. You then, my son, my daughter, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You then, my son, you then, my daughter, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You see, he is our strength when we are weak. Amen. I'd like to take some time to to pray uh, with you and for us just to reflect on this message about how to endure hard times. Okay? And let's just take some time to pray just now. Father God, we thank you for your word to us today. We thank you for each and every person here and how you're speaking into our lives through your word. And Father, I just pray that you would speak powerfully into our lives today. Help us to know what this means to us. In Jesus' name. (coughs) I pray, Father God, if there's any here that wouldn't know you yet as their personal Lord and Saviour, that they would enter into a relationship with you today. Receive your grace into their lives, Lord. Because you don't want anyone to be uh, separated from you. And we thank you for that, Lord, that you endured so much for us. And Father, we just think t- today as well, of, of we're, uh, we're walking as Christians today and facing difficult times we're maybe f- facing physical or other problems Lord and spiritually feel weak <coughs> Father God I just pray you would strengthen us today in the name of Jesus in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and I pray for each each one here Lord that we will be able to know where it is for you to be our strength when we are weak and Father God we pray ask you to forgive us if we've been relying on our own strength and not going uh, in obedience to your word, Lord. We pray you would forgive us for that. And Father, I just pray, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would lift us up and give us your strength, Lord. In Jesus' name.